Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Showtime! Welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 391. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we get to talk football. CFL, this is an exciting week of football. There's some important things that are happening. Oh my God, we'll get to those. Uh, we only have three games, is that correct? Is that, did, we only have three games this week? Oh my God, what is going on? Oh, and the Lions aren't playing. Great, they're not going to lose. I'm pretty excited about week 12 of the CFL season. Uh, yeah. So, uh, oh, what can I say? Uh, I got no real rants. I mean, we're going to, we're going to get really heavy into, uh, what we're going to talk about later on and, uh, go boom, boom, boom. We're going into the Labor Day classic weekend. Uh, this is, uh, per, the big high stakes games. We've got three big ones. Uh, we've got, always got the Winnipeg Saskatchewan game on, uh, on Sunday, Monday, we've got the Toronto Hamilton game, and on Monday also we have the uh, Battle of Alberta, Edmonton, and Calgary, that or the Labor Day. And then next week, oh, we got that big rivalry between BC and Montreal, yeah, right. Um, and then we got the, the Banjo Bulls coming up on Saturday. So there's some short turnaround games here for some teams this year. I really don't like, you know, it, Labor Day is great, but why do we have to play football on on monday it's just stupid okay i mean yeah it's a labor day weekend so have it friday night and saturday night just like a normal week and then everybody gets the same thing and it, it, it monday games are stupid we only really have monday games on two holidays one is labor day and one is thanksgiving and uh oh no i think we do them on canada day too i'm not sure anyhow um but yeah i mean just why do we do this it's it's just dumb making Teams play short weeks. They just, ah, I don't know. They're talking all about player safety, and then they turn around on a do a five day turnaround on 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 the week. That's stupid. Come on, get your shit together, CFL. Nobody cares what day it is. Oh, it's the Labor Day Classic. It's got to be held on Labor Day. No, it doesn't. It's got to be on Labor Day weekend. Okay, I'm I'm done with this one. I'm just gonna bring in the boys. I got Charles, Will, and Phil tonight. Uh, Mark had a uh, what shall we say a tragedy in his family or close to family and it's uh he's out he's out for a little bit uh so you know we're thinking about you mark uh you take care you still haven't sent in your scores but i'm not going to pick on you about that one right now uh hopefully you get them before the games start which the games don't even start until you know what sunday sunday, sunday. so there's no football friday there's no football saturday this that's like absolutely ludicrous um so yeah don't worry about it mark get us in the scores uh you'll have to get them over to steven our our statistician on our our weekly pools uh somebody's got to do it uh i actually I, did mark even send me this this week's thing oh yeah he did and uh, i i actually i i think i got one i got i think i picked a game right I'm not you sure did. did i pick a game right wow you did awesome. yes you did i'm aw- i'm awesome i'm awesome you got that game right and picked the loser for the other three. Fuck off. Just, just you know, updating you. Yeah. 
Well, it's kind of like what Will does, right? Only well, no, Will didn't do that. He actually you got know, a brownie you know, point this year. Christopher, one out of three usually gets you the girl in the trailer park, eh? I know, and I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, you know. Anyhow, okay. So uh, let's talk some football. We got uh, we got Will here. Obviously, he's talking, and so is Charles. And uh, Phil's not saying much. I think he's still mowing down on his dinner. Um, but uh, I, uh, Phil's here as well. Say say hi to the audience or mumble or something. Yep, I'm here. <clears throat> I'm here, guys. Okay, don't choke let's talk on some that. Football. Don't choke. Talk some football. We don't have a lot of games, so I may end up bringing my surprise guest in a little early. Uh, we have a surprise guest tonight. I, I, I didn't. I, I told the boys about this off air. I didn't tell them who it is. It's pretty exciting for me that uh, you know one of my my friends, real life friends. You know, like not just Facebook friends. Everybody has Facebook friends, but this is a real life friend. I know the guy in real life, and. Uh, uh, former CFL player, former all-star, is uh, coming on on the show, and uh, we're going to talk uh, some football, and uh, that's kind of cool. So uh, the first game up is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are playing in uh, the Labor Day or Sunday game. So there you go. And then the next week, like I said, is the Banjo Bowl, and that's kind of cool. But uh, this one's in Regina. We got Winnipeg, who is going to be playing without Andrew Harris. We're going to talk a lot about that later. Um, and uh, without uh, Matt Nichols. So the last Winnipeg game, they really didn't need Andrew Harris much because Chris Strebler was running all over the bloody place. And Andrew Harris, I think he was a little bit pissed off and out of sorts. You could see that he was frustrated on the sidelines, that he wasn't getting the ball enough. Uh, and probably would continue that way because Matt Nichols is done for the season, or at least a good chunk of it. And uh, so he's a little pissed about this. And then uh, he ends up getting himself suspended, gets his ass suspended for two games for uh, drug use and uh, and pleads all innocent on it, And uh, which I'm not buying in the heartbeat. So uh, we'll see what happens. But let's talk about this game. It's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Mosaic Stadium. And, Charles, you're the first one up, bud. Well, the complexion of this game certainly changed a couple of days ago because um, with the Andrew Harris thing, I know we're going to talk more about it, probably a lot more about it later. Um, But this um, really important games. If the Bombers were able to sweep these two games, they would pretty much wrap up first place because the Riders are second. The Riders currently four points behind the Bombers um, for first place. So if the if the Bombers could sweep the uh, home and home, that puts them eight points up and pretty much in the clear in terms of first place. However, with Matt Nichols out already, and now uh, Andrew Harris, the leading rusher out. Uh, I have a really tough time seeing the right, the Bombers going into Saskatchewan and winning this one. I really do. Um, the Riders have actually been playing some pretty good football lately. I mean, they're not five straight perfect. wins. Five straight wins. You can't just ignore that. And the Bombers have been playing pretty good, although they didn't play great last week against Edmonton, but they did enough to win. 
And you're right, they didn't really need Andrew Harris a whole lot because of Chris Trevler's rushing, but you can't count on that uh, every game, especially when you're going up a team with as good a defense as Saskatchewan has. And they, uh, i got to admit it, they do um, have a good defense, and uh, it's pretty uh, obvious here. So no Nichols, no Strebler. Uh, Saskatchewan, Mosaic Field, not normally a visitor-friendly um, building to play in. And I don't think it's going to be very nice on the visitors this week either. I just uh, I, I can't see the adversity the Bombers have had without Nichols. Now all the controversy swirling around the team, plus they're without Andrew Harris. I just don't think this this lines up very good at all for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and yeah, I gotta I gotta I'm, I'm picking them too often these days, but I gotta go with Saskatchewan again, especially at home. Um, Cody Fajardo seems to be getting better each week. I think that this Riders defense is a really solid defense. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the Riders this week at home. And uh, I'm going to pick the Riders to pull this one out. Uh, I'm going to say the Riders 33 and the Bombers 17. Ooh, 17. Yeah. Okay. William, this one's for you. Yeah. You don't normally pick Saskatchewan. You've got this adversity to that, but then you turned over a new leaf last week and said that, you know, that you're going to start picking the teams just because they're going to win just because you're trying to catch up to Phil. And uh, so, so my question is Saskatchewan's won the last five weeks in a row. Who have they played? Who have they played? Well, let's anybody. Can we look at that really quick? Sure we can. We're at, what, week 10 right think, now? Last I week think, they beat Ottawa. And uh-huh. the, the week before that, they were in a bye. Then they beat Montreal. And then they beat Hamilton. Uh-huh. And then they beat uh-huh. BC. And then uh-huh. they beat BC. Again. Uh-huh. And then they uh, had a bye. And in week four, they got tromped by Calgary. And in uh-huh. week three, they got they beat Toronto. And uh-huh. in week week two, they got beat by Ottawa. And uh-huh. in week one, they got beat by Hamilton. So most of the teams that they've beaten, they've also lost to. And most of them are Eastern teams, except for the home and home with BC, which they swept. Right. So they haven't really played anybody with the exception no. of Hamilton. And yeah, Hamilton and- was without... Jeremiah Mazzoli and the Montreal game, they only played three quarters. I so, know. And Ham- and Montreal was looking really good when they got that one shut down. They're, they're in my mind, they're overrated. And on top of that, Calgary, when they played Calgary, Calgary destroyed them. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't even close. No. But. And they, they didn't manhandle matter. BC either. No, Winnipeg doesn't have a quarterback. <laughs> they don't have a running back. Um, they don't usually win on Labor Day. And and it looks pathetic for Winnipeg. And they're going to put, I do believe they're starting running back is Johnny Augustino. What's her name? 
what was her name? That woman that used to be on our podcast. She's probably very happy that he's starting finally once in his, in her life. He gets to start. Okay. Why? Who is he? Um, Johnny August. Remember two years ago in the combine, he had the best combine of everybody, right. and nobody nobody drafted him. No, nobody drafted him. And Ronda was flapping about him. Eventually, Edmonton signed him. He hardly ever saw the field, and now he's in Winnipeg. So. Anyways, with all this being said, so Chris Strebler gets his exactly what he wants. He wants to be the quarterback, and he wants to be the running back. And uh, I don't know. Hey, Phil, do you know if Mika Johnson is back yet? I don't believe he is, no. Okay, cool. Um, So, hey, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say 21-17 Winnipeg. Wow. You're taking the bombers. I have not got a score for Mark. Go ahead. All of last week, I I was puking in my mouth because they actually did pick Saskatchewan for a game. So, and I just can't do that. It's just not physically possible for me. So, uh, you know what? I missed la- Sunday's show, and uh, which I apologize profusely all about. Um. Just bad things were happening to me, and I was well. It, would, it wasn't bad. I was just somewhere else. We we actually moved a house. Okay, this guy gave gave me a farmhouse, and we moved it, and we picked it up, put it on a trailer, and drove it home. And uh, so I just didn't get home in time to do the podcast. So so be it. That's what happened to me on Sunday. Um. But uh, I wanted to talk about the Touchdown Atlantic with the the, the record attendance of what was it, ten thousand people? It was just around, how, uh, just over ten thousand. Yeah, how much was that papered? Okay, anyhow, never mind. Uh, we don't have a score for Mark on the Winnipeg Saskatchewan game. Uh, Phil, Bombers and Riders on Labor Day. Yeah, Labor Day weekend. Labor Day Classic doesn't get any bigger than this with the first and second place teams showing off, showing up against each other. This is this is going to be a dandy. Um, no matter that there's some key injuries on both sides of the of, of the rosters. Um, but uh, will it be Johnny Augustine or will it be John Santiago coming off the practice roster, the American or the import? Uh, Running back. I, I'm they pretty said, sure they said Augustine was taking first reps today, first team reps. So, okay. So I, that that to me seems like uh, maybe Winnipeg's going to be hurt a little bit more than the Riders with their injuries. Um, but it'll it, at least Winnipeg won't have to uh, make any other roster changes to fix the ratio. That's the one problem about having a Canadian running back. But I've never been really for carrying one for this very reason. Okay. So what do you think what do you think's gonna happen here? Gotta you gotta pick? Uh, you know Flapadoo Flap <laughs> He's got a he's a McAdoo style genius in putting up so many first downs with, with a Strebler led offense like he did in Edmonton. 
However, I, I believe uh, that little bit of tape on him is going to be enough for the Riders to uh, to shut down the Bomber offense. Um, so I got Saskatchewan 28-20. 28-20 for the Riders. Okay. Well, CJ, I have an adversity like Will to pick the Riders. There's just something about me that just cannot pick them to win. And in fact, I actually enjoy watching. Never mind. I'm not going to go into the 2009 Grey Cup game again. Uh, it's too early in the show for Phil to hang up. Uh, wasn't that wasn't that the 13th Grey Cup, Christopher? Oh no, no, it wasn't the 13th. No, it was Cup. the 13th man, <laughs> and they nice. were all on the field. Okay, so uh, I'm actually going to pick this game uh, 38 to 28 for the Riders. I'm taking Saskatchewan on this one. I just don't think the Bombers have anything left to play this game. I mean, they usually lose the Labor Day Classic. Uh, They only win one out of every three on average. Um, so it's usually a loss for them. So adding the fact that their number one quarterback and number one running back, or actually their entire offense with Andrew Harris being suspended, um, Matt Nichols is no big deal. The Chris Strebler actually played just as good, if not better. Uh, so, uh, but he's, uh, he's going to be there. So Matt Nichols is gone. Andrew Harris is gone. I think the Bombers are – they're either going to rally around Harris and show the team that, you know, they support him, or they're just going to cave. And I'm betting on the latter just because I don't think that that's strong-willed. It's a fragile – they have a very fragile psyche right now. And uh, Saskatchewan's going to take this one 38-28. My call on that one. Okay. Uh, ooh, we're ripping right through this. Uh, Toronto and Hamilton. What you guys got on this one? Charles, you're up first. Toronto and Hamilton. Now, Hamilton is without their starting quarterback. Jeremiah Mazzoli, they've got Dane Evans, who hasn't looked too poorly, but Toronto is Toronto. This one's a tough one. This one's a lot tougher than I think it would have been a few weeks ago. Um, Hamilton is declining as far as I see it. They they won. They beat BC last week barely. Uh, the week before, they didn't look great against Ottawa. They're coming down to earth. People are getting the book on Dane Evans or on Evans or is it Dane Evans? Yeah, I guess it's Dane Evans. Dane Evans. Yeah, and his effectiveness is getting lower and lower. Um, it's and diminishing. Really, Toronto has looked fairly good. I mean. They lost last week on a basically a last play uh, game uh, of the game uh, situation with Montreal. There have been in games. Bethel Thompson has been, uh, I think, playing pretty well lately. Uh, hell, he had over 300 yards last week. Um, and Toronto does look to be an improving football team. So this is really tough. Um, Hamilton still has a very good defense. 
And that defense right now is keeping them in games. If they did not have a strong defense, they would not have beaten the Lions last week. They might not have beaten Ottawa two weeks ago. Um, The key here is the defense shutting down the Ottawa offense. Or, excuse me, the Toronto offense, which has been playing pretty well. But I do think... They can shut down the Ottawa offense, too. It wouldn't be that difficult. Well, yeah. Well, not nowadays. But I do think that uh, they are good enough to shut down the Toronto offense. And I still think that Hamilton is good enough to put up enough points when their defense is playing well to win the games. Hell, they were able they were they only had to put up thirteen last week. Uh and to be honest, I don't think the Toronto offense is all that different from the B C offense. They're pretty similar. Um What you so mean they suck? I well, kind of, but uh yeah. But anyways, I, I do. I am going to pick Hamilton to win this one. I think it's going to be another low-scoring game. Let's face it, Hamilton has to um, win low-scoring games right now without Mazzoli because that the offense is getting more and more um, stagnant, and they're not putting up as many points um, as they were before, and I'm not sure how much better it's going to get. Uh, but I do think that defense can hold Toronto to a low enough total that the offense will be able to uh, squeeze out a victory, a close one, I think. But I'm going to take uh, Hamilton winning this one 17-13. to 17-13 for the Ticats. Okay. Yep. Uh, cruising right along over to William. What do you have oh, on this, this is- game? This isn't going to take very long. Toronto is Come still on. pathetic. I'm sorry. Toronto is still pathetic. Okay. But is Hamilton much closer. better? Well, yeah, they are defensively, I think. Um, Bethel Thomas throws for 10,000 yards every game, and he still doesn't score points, and, and they lose. So um, I don't think it's going to be – I think it's pretty obvious who's going to win. Hamilton should win this game. And so I'm going to pick Hamilton, and I'm going to go, I don't know, 20. Let's go 27 to 18. Okay. Again, we don't have Mark's scores, but we have Phil. What do you got there, friend? All right. Well, uh, big news, I think, out of Hamilton is that Dalvin Bro will be out. Um, Brandon Banks is still in a slump. But I sure like the looks of those two receivers. They got their uh, Jalen Acklin and Braylon Addison. They, they've, they've made up for Brandon Banks' slump. They, interestingly, they had a, another Jalen or Braylon last year that really impressed me, Jalen Saunders who uh, was on pace for 1,500 yards when he got his, uh, his injury uh, at, in the ninth game of the season last year. And I had him rated as the most explosive receiver in the league at that time. And uh, I don't think there is any chance he's going to come back this year. In fact, they caught him before training camp because his injury would have, would have kept him out, I think, for the season still. But uh, on the other side of the ball, Bethel Thompson, I thought he'd look better. And uh, 
kind of agree with uh, Charles there that that maybe Dean Evans hasn't looked as strong in the last couple outings. Um, but I think Bethel Thompson's looked scrappy. And, I, you know, I love that receiving court Toronto's got. But this is Labor Day in Hamilton, so i got to go with Hamilton. And I'm going to take them 29-25. 29-25 for Hamilton. Wow. Nobody's picking Toronto. What the hell? Nobody has any faith. So... I like Charles' score of 17-13, and I'm taking the Argos. Just because. i got to try to – I'm not going to win this anyhow, so i got to try to pick up some points somehow. We're just going to do that as a not, – not picking with my head here. Picking the odds. Okay, so, uh, wow, we're really ripping through these things. We're happy through this thing, and my special guest, I said we weren't going to be on till 9 o'clock, so I might have to bring him in early. We'll take, give us that much more time to talk. Uh, Edmonton, Calgary. Ooh, the big Battle of Alberta. Is it called the Battle of Alberta? Is this the Labor Day Classic, or what is this called here? Is it the, what is it? Anybody? I think they refer to this weekend's game as the Labor Day Classic, and then the one next weekend is the Battle of Alberta. Right. So, and, and that's what like I that. believe. Uh, so, what do they call the Saskatchewan Winnipeg game to, this week? The Labor Day the Classic. Labor Day Cla- Labor Day Classic. They call it the Labor Day Classic too. Yeah. I think there's too many the next Labor week, Day Classics yeah. here. The next week's game is the Banjo Bowl. Yes, we got the Banjo Bowl, and we got the Battle of Alberta. And then there's a battle of, what, the 401 or what it what it was, Hamilton and Toronto. It's the oh, highway between them. Yeah, something stupid. Okay, yeah. Edmonton, nobody cares at Southern Ontario. Who gives a shit? Not really, no. Uh, no, no. Edmonton and Calgary. Charles. Hmm, another yeah, tough one to pick. Hmm. Eskimos are on a tear. They have been. Well, they lost last week. Yeah. But who did they lose uh, to? They lost to, Ska- uh, to Winnipeg. They lost to Winnipeg. The number one yep. team in the league. Okay, you can't blame Without them. Without starter. Yep. Yeah. Um, hmm, this is a, another one of these tough ones, I think, because uh, Calgary, they're in fourth place, but they've played still pretty well this year. Uh, they didn't look good the last time they played, which was that um, where they uh, blew a lead at home to Montreal. So you're going to have a, a team, a Stampeder team, that's probably a little bit pissed off because the last time they um, played, they lost a lead on home field um, that they should have clearly won. Uh, the Edmonton Eskimos are probably going to be pissed off last, pissed off. Uh, as well, because they had a chance to make a move on first place last week and couldn't get it done. The Bombers uh, were able to beat them even with the uh, Bombers missing their home or their starting quarterback. So they're probably not happy about that either. So these games are always interesting, these Labor Day games. But if you look back through the history 
generally the Edmonton Eskimos do not do well in the uh Montreal in the Calgary game, the game at McMahon. Uh typically they have to come back the week after uh to get revenge because Calgary's for the most part still a very good home team. I know they lost last week. They've actually lost twice this year at McMahon because Montreal beat them and then Ottawa beat them at McMahon earlier this season. So that's rare for Calgary. They don't lose a lot in at home, and I don't think they're going to lose this week. Uh, it does not look like Bo Levi Mitchell is going to be ready to go again this week. It looks like it's going to be um, Nick well, Arbuckle. put him back again, on the sixth game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. They put him on the they sixth game. They put him back game. on the sixth game. He's done for the season. That's right. So he's gone for quite some time then. Uh, but that's okay. I think Arbuckle has played, for the most part, pretty well this week. Uh, or this week, this year. And I think he's going to have a decent game. We'll see how the Calgary defense can uh, hold up a little bit. I think this one could be a bit of a shootout. But I do think that overall the Stampeders are going to win this game. I'm going to pick this one to be a bit higher scoring, and I'm going to say Calgary is going to win 37-30. to 30. Well, that'll be an exciting game for Will to watch. It will be. Speaking of, Mr. McDonald, what's going to happen yeah. in your home stadium? Well, it's the Labor Day Classic, and I am looking forward to this game for and for all these games this weekend for one reason and why is that the season does not start till labor day everything's going to get more in, everything's going to get more intense and calgary and and edmonton games on labor day are are intense let me tell you okay they are really intense okay so you got some interesting things going on. Devarius Daniels gets to come back to Calgary for the first time. He was a former Calgary Stampeder. Now he plays for Edmonton. He's a wide receiver. And the last two weeks in the CFL, he's just been killing it. So um, that will be one of the key battles to watch. Um and, of course, Nick Arbuckle is probably starting as the Stampeders quarterback. And I say probably because you guys are all talking about Bo Levi. And, well, he has been throwing. And Dave Dickinson basically said today that when Bo Levi Mitchell tells him he's ready to play, he'll put him in. So we'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to happen this week because why would you rush it? Okay, the Stampeders are not that bad of a position right now. Um, the West, like we've talked about before, is very close. And I think it'll be a good game on Monday. Um, just like in Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Edmonton doesn't win in the Labor Day Classic very often. I think this will be the... I think Calgary's on a seven-game winning streak at the Labor Day Classic. So, um, of course, I'm going to pick Calgary. Um, Trevor, okay, so Edmonton is going to kick uh, probably 13 field goals, and Trevor Harris is probably going to get 9,000 yards, and Calgary is still going to win, okay? 
because that seems to be their MOP lately. Okay. I, I think the key with beating Edmonton is you run the ball. Winnipeg showed that last week. Edmonton's got a pretty fierce pass rushing defensive line and they're all about getting sacks and they tend to run by a lot of the running backs in any given situation. So I would assume that Calgary is going to try and run the ball a lot, but they will also pass the ball. Anyways, um, I'm going to take, I think this is going to be closer than it normally is. And I am going to say, I'm going to go with 27 to 17 for Calgary. Okay. Phil, what do you have here? Well, Edmonton does have that fantastic defensive line, but uh, running it against the uh, Calgary Stampeders system of delivering the ball fairly quickly, and I think they've stayed with that with Nick Arbuckle is, correct me if I'm wrong, as much as they did with uh, with Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, I think they're still a very similar offense the way they run. So I, I'm not really liking Edmonton in this one. Uh, CFL teams coming off the bye are 68% in covering the spread since the beginning of the 2018 season. And with the way Nick Ar- Arbuckle has stepped in and played, and the fact and the way that they lost, the, the Stampeders lost two weeks ago, they're going to be like a bear with a big thorn in his paw. And uh, being it's Labor Day at home, I've got Calgary 34, Edmonton 28. Okay, sorry, what was that? Calgary 34, 34, Edmonton 28. Yes, sir. Is that what you just said? Yep. Cam Talbot at the goalie for the Flames. Wow. My iPad just freaked out here, and it Siri came up, and, and it repeated what I said, which was your score, Calgary 34, 28, and then it came up and gave me some Calgary Flame foot, uh, hockey player. Said, do you want his stats? And I said, no, fuck off. Hey, Siri. Okay. She's talking again. No, fuck off. I won't respond to that. Oh, uh, she won't respond to that. Okay, bitch. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, I'm going out on a limb again. I'm going to take Edmonton. And I'm going to pick them 28-26. Uh, not that I really. I would have liked to have known what Mark's scores were because then I'm not really fighting him, right? But uh, he's he he's probably going to listen to the podcast, see what I do, and then and and then try to get by them because he's being like going to be a dick about it. Okay. So that's the game. That's the Labor Day games. Uh, it's going to be a, a very late weekend of football. Not the first game is not till Sunday, and then there's two on Monday. Uh, which is okay because I got to work. Uh, I got lots to do. We got a big horse clinic coming up, and I want to get make sure everything is ready. It starts on Wednesday, and I've got way too much work to do. So I'm going to be working my butt off all weekend, and we're going to uh, do that. So, okay, I'm going to uh, phone my special guest here, and uh, we're just talking away here, do to do to do to do, and I'm going to put him into the room and see if he can come up and uh, see what's going on. So it's kind of exciting. I don't know if he's going to answer or not. 
Dialing, 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 dialing. Hey, anybody, any guesses on who this is going to be? I think a- I any, know. Any I guesses at all? Yeah, it, I have we, a guess. we got we got a special guest here. Are you there? Yeah, hello, hey. Okay. I didn't so, recognize the number. I didn't know if it was one of those Swedish uh, models looking for uh, married men in uh, North America again. No, it's not. I'm not a Swedish model. I can guarantee you that. Uh, what we oh, have here man. is two-time All-Star, holds a record for most sacks in one game. Did you know that? Anyhow, uh, welcome to the show, David Benefield. How you doing, buddy? How you guys doing? Fine. I got uh, Will Hello, McDonald David. from Calgary. I got uh, Phil Miller, also in Calgary, but he's a Ryder fan. And uh, our good friend Charles Cliff, who's a BC Lions fan in Alberta, in Abbotsford. Abbotsford. That's all right. Yeah. That's okay. So we're welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for coming on. No problem, no problem. Wait. I get to, this is this is I'm, I'm I'm kind of excited. What's happening? Yeah, well, you know, we've we've been bashing heads back and forth on the Let's Talk Facebook group, back and forth on different subjects. We agree on a lot. We disagree on a lot. We just have fun. We just love football, and we love Canadian football, and that's what this is about. And no opinions right, no opinions wrong, but uh, this is a pretty big subject. This is the first time that anybody, uh, a major player in the CFL, has uh, been failed the drug test. Eh? Uh, we've had a, well, I guess Brandon Banks did to see Trip, but uh, I don't know if that counts or not. Nobody likes him anyways. Nobody likes him anyhow, so who really gives a shit about Brandon Banks? Um, what did he yeah, have? You're what, what kind of trip did he have? Uh, he got uh, he, he he was uh, tested positive for ecstasy. Now, was it the like, real ecstasy or is it the fake stuff? Uh, it was a couple of years ago, and I don't really remember, but I, I know it was a it, it was a, basically it was ecstasy. Okay, so well. I haven't heard of ecstasy really making me play better. So, me and well, my it's not, very left coast way, I'd probably let you go. It, yeah, but you see, it's not, you look at it. Okay, so we're talking about these uh, anabolic steroids who make a bigger person, bigger, stronger, you know, like that. But ecstasy would make a little guy faster. Is that true? So, yeah. So, your performance no. enhancement is different. Okay, it's not. It doesn't give you strength, but it does give you a faster twitch muscle. So now I have never heard of MDMA. I've been to numerous parties back in my day, and I never, during all of that great music and MDMA usage, did I ever see any of those kids with light sticks or glowing beads ever run a four-four. No, probably around. not. Because there's I, other things, there's other things that are involved at that point in time. I, I don't know. It was a, it's a long time ago, and I wish I could just rattle it off. But you know, I'm getting old in my, in, and in my age, I don't, I don't remember all the details quite as well as anymore. So, okay. But the big, big thing that we've been talking about lately is that Andrew Harris of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, formerly BC Lion, uh, tested positive for performance enhancing steroids, and uh, and there's no definitive amount that has been registered although we have heard that it's only a trace amount he did test negative 10 days ago 
but there's a possibility he could have used them and then hit a used a masking. Thing. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not big on this drug. I mean, this. I, I got you. You're an authority. What's your take on this? I, you know what? After watching Andrew for too many years, I mean, I've watched him since he was a junior player, and he was yep. amazing. Um, and I know he's been playing. You know, I know he jumped into the Lions. And he's just grown as a player. And he's, he's not a kid anymore. He's gotten bigger, stronger, so now he's got mature muscle. But I've also played with guys like Robert Drubbin, uh, Sean Millington. You know, I remember even Juan Walker was a big back. And, you know, and, and playing against guys you know, like Kelvin at, at Calgary and the Pringles. And, and you know what? I think – as you do start to get mature and bigger, you get bigger muscles for sure. And if you're staying in the weight room and you're working and you're doing the right things, uh, I don't see why he wouldn't get bigger and stronger. And remember, as a junior player, in most cases, you don't really have the best. You're not a Division One Power 5. You're not a Power 5 Division One athlete you're just basically some very similar to a junior college player you're living on your own you're making your own meals and you're trying to survive so i don't i think i think it's i think it's i think he made an honest mistake i think uh the gnc is notorious as a lot of supplement places are you know giving folks over-the-counter weight gain for mostly everyday civilians and them not really worrying about if it if it if they're they're never going to be tested for steroids. You know, you're not going to be tested for for steroids for driving a forklift or you know or punching keys on a keyboard all day or making sales calls. It's just not. So, I think a lot of athletes forget that. And even though it says clean and says this and that, still these companies are not to be trusted with making sure that they're not trying to spike their weight gain or muscle, whatever whatever you want to call it, spike it so they get a large share of the market. And then when everyone jumps on and leaves the competitors, then they go in and right before the heat gets there, then they get in there and dump it back down to normal. But by then they've taken a large market share. It happens all the time. No, no question about that. But uh, my question for you then is, is it GNC is a, is a very well-known company within uh, supplements. Uh, is that what Andrew has said that he was on taking? I I don't know. No, I just threw GNC out there because okay. they are the largest and the biggest. But there's several, you know, there's all sorts of you know companies that re- release this stuff. And who's to say which one he took? But if you bought it at any of those sorts of stores. You can you can miss. I mean, it's you're open. You are open for business for getting something that could uh, actually cause you to, you know, screw up a test. Well, you know, Andrew Harris being one of the premier players in the CFL right now, and uh, that's not even an argument. He is definitely one of the premier players. Um, you would think that he would be doing his homework when it comes to this shit. That this is this is his livelihood. Say. You know, you know there are there are supplements out there that right on it says that made in a steroid free environment. You know, and why yeah, isn't he but, doing a better job? No, but they 
these companies, I mean, I've been to shows, muscle shows, where I've asked, like, how do I know, will this pass, will this pass all the Canadian uh, Olympic tests? And at first you get a person at the, at the table saying yes, then you get someone going no, and then, then someone hands you another sample saying, oh, well, this is, this is the brand to take because each one's numbered and there's lots and all that kind of stuff. So they can call in to question which lot you bought from so that you, I guess you could hold them accountable, right? But who knows where these companies are? Who knows what you can actually do? I mean, you know, you're up in the air with, with a lot of these companies. They change names like everything else. So I, it's tough. I mean, I, I feel for Andrew because uh, I do feel for him, you know, he's, you know, because he's worked hard to get where he is, but we have a lot of athletes who have made on Olympians who've made honest mistakes. And unfortunately it costs you here because these companies, uh, if they're, if they're not, if they're not properly vetted, you're, you know, you're playing Russian roulette. But wouldn't you think that he would properly vet his products, or he should? I think everybody says that, but at the same time, you never think that, okay, how bad can this can this one be? Or, no, this one looks good. It looks the part. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's very, it's not similar to uh, it's totally in a different ballpark than like the McGuire Andros Theon days, and I remember when that hit the locker rooms all over, and everyone was going, "Oh, Andros Theon is the stuff." And I remember we had some big Roy guys in there then. They were like, uh, "That's a fake test, Dave. Don't even waste <laughs> your money on that stuff. It's just a fake test." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." I mean, you know, it's just like. Great. I mean, you had the experts who knew, but but this but this kind of thing is if it's in and out of his system that fast, and now it means you got to mask it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm not going to say that there are people out there that an athlete could call and go help me get this stuff out of me, but to me, it just seems like he's never been tested before, and 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 fouled a test so. He's never Why tested now? positive before. He's been tested many times. No. Yeah, right. But he's never yeah. been tested positive. So it's like, right. So, so I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I just don't see him looking like that. I mean, his head hasn't gotten like four sizes too big, like Barry Bonds and those guys. I mean, that hasn't happened. So, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you buy something over the counter, and it looks the part. I don't think everyone reads the parts kind of like all those things online. You never read what you're signing your life away online. You never do. So you just hope all the best and you go ahead, click the box. And next thing you know, you know, you've got some, you know, you've got some great app or something like that. Or the plenty of, or the cattle, plenty of fish or whatever the case may be is fine. So, do you think the onus here should go on to the CFLPA for not having uh, specifically approved products for the players? God, yes. God, yes. I mean, that is that's number one. I mean, every other league, I'm sure, has got 
approved products. And if we can't approve a product as a CFLPA, then we need to jump on the back and piggyback the NFL products and find out where they're getting theirs. And if they're if they're le- if we can't accept what the NFL does with the billions that they make, yeah, in the U.S. where people sue at the drop of a hat, I mean they can come on. Then we need to do. Then we need to. Then the CFL needs to. Whichever, I guess, whichever drug uh, organization we're falling under, we need to boot them and piggyback with the NFL and call it a day. Yeah, I mean, the the standards should be the same for drug testing for both leagues. So then you'd think that the the quality of product should be the same for both leagues. So why aren't we you – know, don't reinvent the wheel. It's already been done. The oh. NFL's done it. Exactly. Why do we always need to reinvent the wheel with the CFL when it's already there? Templates there, prototypes there. Just fix it so that it works to our size and scale it down so we can use it. And let's run with it. Let's let's stop trying to be different and you know re- our game is already different as is. I think everything else we can just template off and and use and fix according. You know, to, for our side, so it's so it's for us. Well, it's not going to jeopardize our game because no. it has got nothing to no. do with it. Um, Who does our drug testing? Yeah. Which drug testing are we under? I, I have no idea, no knowledge on this. I don't think anybody I mean, here yeah. does as that. That seems to be a, a point of contention. You know, nobody seems to know. Well, I mean, if we're under the Canadian Olympic. Group, well, then I could see us not really being able to. Well, we could because we're a separate entity. We're not Olympians. So we could boot no. them and, and say we want to be uniform with the NFL, and I don't see anything wrong with that. Or we could say we want to be uniform with the NCAA. That would be, I'm sure, fine because their football, their, their football athletes are all under the same, the same, all their athletes are all under the same one. So we could go with them. I mean, there's just got to be a way that we can find our athletes can find the right protein powders and, and whatever they take. So, and they've got a list of it right there. They've got a list of what's approved and what isn't. I'm sure there is a list of what's approved and what isn't, but guys, I mean, we're talking about guys again, you know, guys are not always quick to go. What's on my list. Oh, this looks but, good. Yeah, I'll take this. There's always this, that, that one person that's trying to get an edge over everybody else. So they're trying to, to trying this new product and they're trying this. It's, it's not on the list because it's supposed to do wonderful things. And then you end up getting screwed over it. And I'm not saying that's what Andrew did, but you know, hey, no, it's, no. it's looking pretty good. But I do know for a fact, and, I, and I've been in this position before where you take a product that someone else is taking and they tell you it's great. You take it, you see, you see a definite increase, you know, you feel better, and then all of a sudden, six weeks later, you're buying a new, a new box of it, and it doesn't do the same thing. You're taking more, it's still not hitting the spot because they've changed the ingredients, and that is a regular for that whole weight gain world. I mean, that is a regular occurrence. So, I, you know, I'm, I, think, I think if anything – Andrew just gets to wear the dunce hat for not paying attention to the fine print, and that's about it because 
he hasn't done anything and he hasn't looked a certain way uh, in his entire career where it looks like he, you can tell the guys who are roiding up and you can also tell the guys who are on something because just the way they, you know, the way they're able to get their energy back. I mean, they're, you know, it's, it's just, you can just tell. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to put, I don't want to say something like that and, and, and this be about him, but it's just like, you can just tell. I mean, there's certain things that would tip you off in the locker room or watching the film and, and watching the way he is that would say, yeah, he's on something, but this is just, I think this is just a guy that, you know, got lazy and just grabbed some stuff that he thought was good and, and, you know, boom. Was that, was that Costco and picked up the package, right? I don't know why we're trying. I mean, listen, we've got Hall of Famers in the NFL. that are some of the best football players that have ever played that have done a lot worse, that were on steroids, got caught, and, and, and did a lot worse. And they're in the Hall of Fame, and we're still – I mean, they're still – we're still holding them up on a pedestal. I think Andrew Harris is nowhere near that. And whatever was in his system is no longer in his system, and they can check for everything else, and nothing else was seen in their masking agents or anything like that. So it's like, you know, this is a kid that made a mistake. Really, he picked, he's a guy. I don't want to call him a kid. He's a guy. He's yeah, a guy. He's, he's gone past the kid stage. How old is Andrew now? Thirty-two. Oh God, he is. A, he is past that age. Well, then definitely he's thirty-two, and he's in. He falls into the category of that guy who you know maybe didn't do the reading and grabbed something in a rush, and you know, or looked over three or four of them, grabbed something, said, "I haven't tried this one," and now you're in trouble. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Are we trying to? Do you find that there's a group of people out there trying to crucify the kid or the guy? Are they trying I, to? No, you know, I don't think anybody down because he's a Winnipeg or he's a Winnipeg. No, guy I don't. I don't think we are. But the, you know, a lot of a lot of people are looking at the Bombers right now as the you know the Cinderella team that's just taken off and taken the league by storm, and ninety five percent of their offense is Andrew Harris. <laughs> Right? It's True. not Matt Nichols. Matt Nichols is not the the screaming. You know, he's not he's not doing it for them. Andrew Harris is doing the the offense, and he is just doing a hell of a job. I've always held him very high esteem. I've always said that he is one one of the best running backs that we have had in the league in a very long time. And when he was oh, yeah. with the Lions, and uh, going to the Bombers, my opinion hasn't changed. Oh, I. Yeah. No. But he is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers right now, and when the Winnipeg Blue Bombers just failed a drug test, that doesn't look very good for their season, does it? Well, I mean, he's supposed to be about how many games is he missing? Two games? He's, he, two. two games. He, yep. he loses two. Yeah, he loses two. So next man up, next man up, and you you go on and continue. You know, you go on and continue. It's it's not like this. Like it's not like Rodney Harrison. You know, this is a different. This is a different situation. I mean, this is it's not the same thing. It's different. This is totally different. And the fact that at 32, he's still running around like a Mike Pringle, um, to, like a Robert Drummond. I mean, 
Kelvin Anderson. I don't know how old he was when he when he called it a day, but I mean that shows you. I mean the amazing, I mean resiliency of of Andrew Harris. I still think after his first contract, he should have taken a shot at the NFL because he was amazing. I mean explosive. I mean able to catch the ball backfield, moves, good degree of toughness. I mean, I mean he could. I mean acceleration. Explode! I mean, God, he was. I mean, he was not as fast as Kenton Keith, uh, but faster than faster than Mike Pringle, faster than um, than Blaze. About the same speed as Blaze Bryant, faster than Kelvin Anderson. I mean, this was a guy that. I mean, faster than Cornish. This was a guy. This is still the guy who can make you miss, run you over. And and he commands everyone to watch him when he's lined up anywhere within the box. So uh, so I mean he's he's definitely this generation's great back, without a doubt. I mean I can't see any back. I mean, and I've named you some of the best backs who've played this game. Yeah. And he is right up there. He's right up there with Troy Mills. I mean he's right up there. He's right up there. I mean, he can catch like Saunders. I mean, he's Philpott. I mean, he doesn't have the same burst as Philpott because Philpott was, again, like a Kenton Keith, a 4-3, guy. But it's someone that you definitely don't want to – you definitely don't want to miss a step and have him open it up on you. Yeah, well, he's I mean, gone. You know, Andrew, Andrew, Harris, Andrew Harris is, I mean, oof. He's, he's – and he's tough enough to take hits. That's the other thing. I don't see him shying away from hits. Yeah, this is this is the guy. This is the real deal. I give him well, my the, seal of approval of being a baller. The the number one job of a running back is blocking. Number two job is catching, and number three is running the ball. You know, in no, reality, no, no, Andrew's no, one of the no, best blockers no. out there. No, number one, number one is running. That's why you're a running back. Yeah. Number two would be, I'll yeah. give you blocking, and then number three would be catching. I'll give you, I'll give it to you in that order. You know, we want another blocker back there, then we'll take a full, we'll take a fullback or a lineman and put him back there. But Andrew Harris is, I can't think if he can last two more years. If he lasts two more years, I mean, we may be looking at the greatest back to play in the CFL. If he lasts two more years. How many yards last two more years right now? How many for this year? Right or overall? Yeah. For this year. In life? For this year? Uh stats player stats. Uh no, how, no, how many how many is he is he on pace for a thousand yards or is he already over that? Well, He's at nine hundred and eight yards right now in week eleven. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's on pace for 1,800 yards. So, or 1,600 yards. Two games, I mean, he could have pulled a 2,000, a 2K on us. 2K plus, barring injury. Yeah. Well, he's just been suspended I mean, for two games, so that's kind of a hurtful for this. Oh, yeah. yeah. But think about it, though. Troy Mills did 1,800. And I think Troy also did that in college too. He did that at Iowa State in the Big Eight. Blaze Bryant, went another Winnipeg guy, another very elusive, uh, amazing back. 
1,800 yards. Again, another Iowa State guy who played in the CFL that we still don't, you know, don't like to talk about. But just, I mean, if he does 1,800 yards, I, I think this sets us up for next year for him doing 2K+. plus. He stays healthy, 2K+. Plus. And that's, and that's not something people do on a daily basis in any league. No, it's not. So, I mean, so, yeah, this is a bad, this is a bad, bad series of events for, for Andrew. But at the same time, I mean, well, I think the league should be talking about Andrew Harris till the end of, I mean, all day long, all day, every day. He accomplished that a couple of days ago. Yeah. I mean, no, yeah. but think about, think about when, when you watch the NFL Network late night and 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 Adrian Peterson's out there, what are Ladanian Tomlinson and Deion Sanders doing? They're talking about AP and the way he's running. We don't have anyone that does that. We don't have anyone that hypes the guys who are making it happen. We just go, oh, he ran. That's a good job. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Okay, so we got a couple other guys in here. Uh, uh, Will, do you have anything to say? Anything on the subject here? Do you have any questions for David? No, not really. I mean, I I, I actually have listened. You know me, I don't listen very well, but I actually no, have listened good. to David. I, I have listened to David because he was in the CFL, and he knows what goes on in the CFL. I would think he's more of authority than any of us. And... As he mentioned, there are some guys that do it, and there are some guys that don't. And you can tell who does and who doesn't. Am I correct on that, David? Yeah, well, you are. You are definitely right. I mean, but uh, but one thing though, and you know, the CFL is different now. I mean, the drug testing is—I don't know if yeah. it's NFL-like, but it's but it is something where if you have the right people in your corner. In your network, you can you can get around it. You know that everyone. I'm sure if you dig hard enough, you can figure out how to get around things. But you know, yeah, I think sure. I think those days in the CFL are over. You know, of what getting away with uh, getting. I'm seriously juicing. Yes, seriously juicing. Yeah. I think oh, those yeah. days are over. Yeah, I mean, just no, the, the I, knowledge. I, I, who would want to do it? Right, I mean, well, well, to do it for the CFL, I, I understand it. If you're, do, you know, for four million dollars a year, that you might want a competitive advantage to get another year or two out of it. But you know, for what Andrew Harris makes, it's it, it's not worth doing it to your body. It's not. Oh, there are he, better ways to make at? money. What's that? Yeah, he he's at two fifty. Is he at two fifty? And then bonuses probably could push him over three. Oh, I don't think anybody's that high well, out of the quarterback is, position. I don't think he's making two and a half. Salary? I would be surprised. What does the salary stats uh, say for the CFL? I know he's not doing uh, 100. He can't well, be playing for 100. You know, he can't be playing for 150. He, he can't be. No, I, I think he. I, but I still think he's under 200, but not not that much under 200, to be honest with you. And yeah. as far as bonuses and stuff like that, we have no idea, right? Yeah. 
CFL is not very good, not very transparent in putting that stuff out there. Okay, Andrew like. Harris's contract that he signed in 2018 was under 200,000, and it was That's a two-year right. deal. Okay. So this year he he's under 200 or right around the 200 thousand dollar mark. Yeah, well, I, I would hope that he's going to make over 200 once it's all said and done with bonus with bonuses, but. I think for his last contract, which could be, I mean, running back at 32, it's very rare. Yeah, very rare. Very rare group. Very rare group. So you figure it's got to be a, it's got to be something over two. So, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, David. At 32 years old, and I know, I know, I know, a guy like Andrew Harris looks after his body big time. Okay. Is it is it possible for him to play at this level and the level he's been playing at without doing stuff like that? You know, you know. Well, I think, uh, like for instance, at the end of my career, I started learning about massage therapy and everything like that, and it made a difference. The turf is better mm-hmm. now than it was. You know, that makes a difference. You know, mm-hmm. you've got all mm-hmm. these great strength coaches and body body mechanic uh, experts who can tell you how to relax your body. Even, even Shannon Sharp was saying he stopped running altogether and got on the bike and started cycling to release, uh, to release pressure on his knees, you know. So he would cycle for so many, not stationary bikes, but actually road biking. So – You've got all this information out there, and if he can, if he can get through the year, uh, and find the right. I mean, look at look at Brady. I mean, man. I mean, he's faster now than he was then. So it's like if you find the right people, and I'm sure there are great. I know there are great people in Winnipeg. I mean, Jeff Fisher is is one of those guys who knows everything. So. He's a guy, you know, that I would lean on, like, okay, how do I do this? How do I do that? I mean, there's amazing people that are out there. So, you know, I I I, I doubt I, I I strongly believe in Andrew that if he plays well, he will be playing next year. Uh yeah, I could I could see him playing two more years if he's injury free. Well, and I and I heard an interview with him last week. And he says one of the things he's done in the last couple of years is he's basically dropped the weights and he's taken up yoga. And he says it's <laughs> made a huge difference, okay, in flexibility oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, oh, yeah. and, and you know, you know how important it is not to have soft tissue damage at any time. And I'm sure yoga helps with those kind of things. So. No, it, it definitely does. I know it. I have done it myself. I did it during the career. It's, it's good. I mean, it's good stuff. And there's so many different kinds now. It's ridiculous. Yep. But, yeah. 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 You know. I mean, but hot yoga uh, and this yoga and that. Yeah. There's even goat yeah. yoga now, guys. Goat yoga. Yeah, I know. You that's know, not. Excuse me. That's ridiculous. It's, it's not about this black stretchy pants. Okay, so, so be, no. before we run off of this subject, I want I want a, uh, your opinion on Jeff Hecht. On Jeff who? Jeff Hecht. It's it, that's 
the Winnipeg Blue Bomber guy who uh, went all over the Ottawa Red Black guy for testing positive because of his supplement, and he says that he's such a putz and he should know better, and yada, yada. He just ran his mouth off on him, and now one of his teammates is doing it, and he is uh, extremely silent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's got called out by a couple of guys on the Stampeders for, uh, for being a hypocrite. You, well, you didn't follow. You haven't followed that one, eh? No, I, I have not. Is he a player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For the Palmers, a defensive player. Yeah, no, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard anything. I, that's one I must have missed. I'm sorry, I must have missed that one. I'm just, you know, just sort of captured by the whole Andrew thing, and I haven't heard about the naysayer yet. But is he, is he a big time player? Yeah. What is he? What position does he play? He's a, a defensive lineman. He, he, no, he's a Sam okay. linebacker, isn't he? Oh, so sorry, he's, he's a linebacker. Sam linebacker. He's a safety. Yeah, he's a linebacker. He's a safety. Sorry, oh, he's that's a safety. Right. safety. Yeah. Oh. My bad. Wow. Well, well, you know, it's a thing. No, I, I mean, you gotta pick. You gotta. Well, as I learned, <laughs> you gotta choose your battles, right? You know, you got to choose your battles, and it's tough to call one guy out and then someone on your team. Of course, it's almost it's perfect to happen. You know, you call someone out, and the next thing you know, someone on your team steps in the wrong crap too. You know, you're like, great, now what am I going to say? You know, uh, but you definitely can't go against your teammate, or you'll find yourself on the next plane out of there. Especially somebody Especially like Andrew, Andrew Harris. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If it's some scrub, you know, whatever, but. You know, it's Andrew Harris. He's he's the guy. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know, guys. It's 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 tough to say. I mean, I I, I can tell you this. So I think I think it's best to paint every do your best to paint everyone with the same brush, especially in a league as small as the CFL. I mean, you know, you know everyone. You could play with everyone at least one time. That's that kind of rotational, that you know. Allocation oh, yeah. league, so Especially you kind of have to be careful when you call people out. It's like it's like I remember making fun of Alondra, another Californian. Next thing you know, I'm sitting in the locker room with Alondra, and we're playing together, and we're talking. I'm listening to him talk to him. I'm going, wow, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like here I am playing with the guy I've watched across the field for so many years. Now I'm playing with him, you know. So yeah. It's, it's definitely a different, it's a different, different, different ball game altogether. Yeah. And just okay, to, so. just to jump in here quickly before we go any further, uh, the website LooneyCap.com has Andrew Harris's salary listed at two hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Well, there you there you go. And he's worth to me. He's worth every penny. Oh hell he's yeah! Worth every penny. So. And in, and he may he could be considered underpaid as good as he is. Well, if the Winnipeg Blue Cup after 29 years, it's on Andrew Harris. There's no one other person you can key up on. It, they're going to win this because of him, if they do. No, 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 definitely. I mean, there's. I, I wish they'd figure out how to balance the load, you know. I mean, 
And that's you – know, I can't remember the running back's name from uh, the Dallas Cowboys who had that huge year of carries, and then the next year his body was basically done. He couldn't do anything the next year. But that's one thing I would like for them to develop, at least another another back and or at least a better – at least get the passing game up so he's not such the workhorse. But, you know, he can do everything that you need him to do throughout the year. I mean, yeah. Those, I mean, like Charlie Roberts. I remember we, I played with Charlie Roberts in Winnipeg. Totally different back than Andrew Harris. But the toll, right? The toll on the, the hits. It takes the toll on the body late in the year when it starts getting a little cool outside. It, you know, it slows guys down. So, I don't know. It, it would be, I hope they come up with a pass, uh, some more pass, some more outcomes, passing offense, if anything, just to relieve them a bit. Okay. So, let's just skip on from the Andrew Harris. And while I've got you here, David, I just want to uh, come out. TSN analyst Matt Dunnigan and Glenn Suter have said that the BC Lion players have quit on the team. They're leaving Mike Riley out to dry. You follow this closer than anybody, any of us. What's your thoughts? Is the team given up? Uh, I heard from a close friend uh, during the game that they were watching the game, and it wasn't just his last game, the game before, and Mike got smashed, and guys were on the bench smiling or laughing. You know, now, now mind you, I've played with a lot of guys that are – that are that are idiots and I've played with guys that aren't well liked in the locker room. But I've never really seen anyone's quarterback, starting quarterback and then guys laughing about it or smiling about it. So I just hope if anything it was just one of those poorly timed jokes on a sideline and it happened and the film cut to these guys and it just it just sort of vilified them as being those guys in the locker room that you really can't trust. But I, you know what, guys, right now is, is one of those times where the CFL is battling. We just finished beating up um, the arena or whatever, that Alliance Football League. The AAF. Yep. Yeah, the AAF. Now we've got the XFL up next, and a lot of guys are seriously trying to get out of – I think there are a lot of guys who are trying to get out of the CFL because monetarily it's a better league to play in the XFL for the money than it is for the CFL if you're U.S. dollars to Canadian dollars and cost yeah. of living and everything else. And I think a lot of guys are seriously trying to figure out ways to get out because they don't care about our league. And this is what and this is what ticks me off because you have guys like I had guys in the locker room in 98 that were like, oh, I know of my, you know, I got a job waiting for me and, you know, I try out here and try out there and these guys, none of those guys ever played anywhere after they left the BC Lions. And I think a lot of these guys forget that coaches talk, you know, coaches talk. And, and, and a guy like Ed with his USC and Eskimo experience knows a lot of people. I mean, I've got four teammates right now working in the NFL in front offices. You don't think they don't look at players in the CFL? and can tell you who are the guys we want to bring in, who are the guys and talk to guys like Ed, or what do you think about him? 
What do you think about him? Oh, he's this guy? Oh, we don't need to bother with him. So I, don't, I, I, I think a lot of these guys are fooling themselves if they think they can get away with that. But, and, and I think that there are some guys who have uh, – they've never, they've never battled like this, so therefore they don't care. I think, I think to a certain degree there are some guys that don't care. They're ready to go home. Truck started. Moving back. So they're calling it a season already at one and nine. I, I you know what? I it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. We were four and fourteen in Ottawa. We went to a playoff. Luckily, my roommate Remy Trudell said, "Dave, we better cash our checks right now." We did. They made us wait twenty minutes. We got our money. The next day, guys didn't cash their check. Couldn't cash their checks. Some guys didn't get paid for three months. But this isn't going to happen in this CFL, not now. But I just remember that 4-14 and 14 team, it was a bad locker room to be in. Mm-hmm. And guys, and guys, I mean, we had guys that shut it down. But we also had, we also had an owner, we also had a, a group that were like, hey, we'll bring in new people every week. I don't care until we find the right guys. You know, and I don't think the CFL is really doing that. I don't think Ed's does that. I don't think Ed's doing that or anything. I haven't checked. I haven't asked. None of my business, really, until I go out and watch practice and maybe ask him. But, you know, we're trying to keep some sort of continuity. We're trying to keep this thing professional. We're not just going to start going rotisserie leaks or bringing in all these different guys and, and stuff like that for next year. That's what you do maybe later, later in the season, but not right now. They can actually still make the playoffs. They could. They could. No. It's still mathematically possible. I'm not a math guy. Although, if you look, if you look at though at their remaining schedule, part of the problem with the Lions' schedule remaining is that I believe they now have four or five straight games against the East. And while that might be okay for them, while that might be okay for getting points, the problem with that is that if you win those games, you're not preventing any Western teams from getting points. That's where the math hurts them because they could win the game but still not gain any ground, and that's where the problem comes in in terms of the math. Uh, and this is where you hate to be because now you're hoping that everyone else will lose, and of course they never do when you need them to lose. No. I don't think there's ever been a team, when I needed you to lose, did they lose. And you never get any favors from other teams because they play all their seconds and thirds. Yeah. So you're sure to be screwed. You know, they put everybody sorry out there on the field, and yeah, they, they and you know, your team does not lose. Oh, oh God, yeah. No, but it, it's it's unfortunate. And we were, you know, I was talking to some of my guys about this. It's like, I think, you know, and and you know, excuse me if I mean I don't I don't claim to know everything about coach, but if you come in and you're a D coordinator, all D coordinators change when they become head coaches in all leagues. You can't remain the same guy. You have to become a head coach. Dave Ritchie, I had him as a D coordinator. When he became a head coach, he was a totally different guy. And Dave was a lot older than Devon. Yeah. 
I've never been a fan of defensive coordinators becoming head coaches. Never been a fan. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I got to say I am because I'm, you know, I'm a defense guy. And I think if you can figure out how to stop an offense and you have that, and you bring in the right offensive guys to run your offense, then, you know, you've got the best of both worlds. But I'm just talking about when coaches take on that head coaching role, you have to become a different guy. And I think this, guys, this is where we bounce back and forth with expectation, the NFL flooding over, guys from the U.S. coming in with their thoughts about what the CFL is. I think it still lingers, even though you are fully aware it's a different ball game. It's a different culture. I think it still leaks in that because we've got guys that come in that don't know anything about the CFL. They don't know coaches. They don't know players. They don't know anything. So you're thinking they're coming in knowing, looking at you like you're Dom Capers or somebody like that and, you know, or, or Rex Ryan. And guess what? They don't know you. They don't know if you're a player's coach or not. Right? So – that respect, that respectability is gone. You know, they don't respect you the same way, except that you're the guy who's paying me. So, you know, and then after, and then when that starts to break down, the whole thing gets shifts, right? You, you guys know, know what, I, you guys understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I don't know. So I, I find, I find it's uh it's a, I don't know. I, I just I just don't see the pop I need to see from players at this point. And and I think one of the things I think general managers and head coaches need to ask guys, especially free agents, they need to figure out, they need to ask them, are you trying to get back into the NFL? Just like college coaches will ask recruits, what do you want to do? And if a recruit says, I want to play in the NFL, if he's competing with a guy who says, I want to create nanobots to save the world, well, we're going with the kid that wants to be in the NFL because we don't really care about the nanobots. We want to go to a championship. We want to win, and then you'll get to go to the NFL, and we'll look great. Yeah. Right? Okay. And, and I, think our, I think our guys need to start asking these free agents what they're doing, what they want to do. What do you want to do? Do you love it, or do you just here for whatever? And if you're older, if you're an older player, you've already been in the NFL, and you have no more shots down there, what do you really want to do? And then that way you don't run into these guys that look like they're giving up and they're not playing for anything and they're just hoping for the next shot someplace else. Okay. Well, that definitely answered that one. Any anybody any input from anybody else here, Phil? You got anything for David? Uh, no, I, I, I I'm curious how he uh, graded out the offensive line and and or if you had a chance through there, David. What you thought about specifically the offensive line with the Lions? You know, what might be the problem? Man, yeah. unfortunately, I think we've all been, we've all had a great, almost probably a legendary O-line coach in Dan DeRazio here, and we've gotten used to the way he does things. And now everyone, like Brian Chu comes in, and he's a younger O-line coach. And he's held, you know, he's held to be better than Dan. You know, I mean, guys, I did a football camp in the U.S. with Dan DeRazio, and then I did it with another NFL O-lineman that had a couple Super Bowls. And, 
watching Dan coach the kids compared to the camp I did with the NFL guy, it was night and day. I mean, Dan totally outclassed this guy who was a great coach. He's a good guy, but I mean, he just could hear the knowledge and the coaching and everything Dan knew about this position. So right now, we just, I just don't see our guys. We don't have those guys. We don't have a, we, let me go old school. We don't have a Jim Bells. We don't have a Harden. We don't have an Ian, you know, a Sinclair. You know, we don't have a, a Moel Winibe. We don't, we don't have, have a, Murphy. a Rob Murphy. Yeah, Rob we Murphy don't have a Jason Murphy. Jimenez. That, that's who we yeah. missed. Or, uh, we missed the or, meanness. Or yeah, a yeah. Jimenez or, or, you know, or, or Chris was, oh, Chris's last name. He's on my Facebook. He played with us. Ew. Oh, God. Uh, you know, we had some stud players. And, and then at the same time, we had guys that would get in their tail. You know, we had guys that would literally light it up. Like, you guys don't remember when, do you remember when we had uh, Huffnagel came in as a consultant? Yep. Do you remember that? Huffnagel yeah, I do. That was consultant. under, I think, Adam Rita. Yeah. Huff comes in, sets everything out for a couple of days, and then the next day I hear him in the offensive room, and he's taking the paint off of walls. I, I mean, literally, it was like, what is your job? What are you supposed to do? What's your ch- – I mean, he was grilling guys. But I don't know if we have – if Brian can do that. I don't, I don't know if – I don't – you know, I don't know if our coaches can do that. Like Huff could, you know? Yeah. And, and that's yeah. – and that's where you've you got to have someone that can put the feet to the fire. And we, so we just don't, we don't have a Mo that could be like, Mo could literally, I remember someone told me, and one lineman told me, Mo fell asleep in a meeting. Coach was up the board asking these guys, what's the protection? These guys are freaking stuffed. Like they're on like Jeopardy final answer. And Mo wakes up out of his days and, and answers it like block here, block there, block there, move. And then passes out again. And of course, guess what? He's freaking savant. He was right. You know? I mean, we don't I don't think we have anyone like that on the O line. And we don't no. have guys that want to beat you up either. We don't have a harden that'll spit on you. I mean, spit chew at you while he's blocking you. We don't have a children's. You know, I played with him. We don't have a guy like him. We don't. We have big guys, but they're not those guys. No Chris Morris. No Pelon, you know. You need mean you know, and nasty. We don't, guys. We, don't, we don't have a Pelon. We don't have a Hack. We don't have any of those guys, man. Shit, we don't even have a Chris Burns. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, we just don't have those guys. So one question before you go: uh, What team do you is it the Lions that you still consider yourself part of? Man, it's and I and I'm gonna say this and and I'm sure it's gonna be taken the wrong way, but um, the fans around BC make me feel to be a part of the Lions. Um, 
that's about it. Tell you the truth. I mean, I've never felt, I think when Dave and, and Eric were here, maybe I felt uh, like I was actually part of the group, but you know, I don't feel like, you know, I think it's the fans more than anything that make me feel part of the lions. I really do. Um, when I was with the writers and I was like basically on that last, like on fumes, the front office and the fans made me feel welcome. So, so yeah, you know, and then Winnipeg was just stopped. I was only there because Dave was there, but you know, yeah. but that, that's, I mean, that's just how I feel. I mean, it's, it's really, it's fans and, and uh, yeah, it's really just fans that make me feel like I'm part of the Lions. Well, you're always lying to me, brother. Me I appreciate too. Always. that. I appreciate always. that. Thanks, guys. No, I had the most okay. fun there, and you know, thank you. Okay, we're gonna move on and uh, let you uh, take off and do what you need to wait, do. Wait, wait, wait! Before okay, he William. goes. Okay, before okay, he goes, okay. David, do you remember what me and you have talked about? Uh oh. <laughs> oh, we've talked the, about a lot of stuff. My my all time favorite line, David, on a football field after you beat Calgary and Calgary <laughs> to get into the Grey Cup, David. What did you say as you were running down the sidelines, David? Come on, tell everybody. If you don't, I'll tell them. I said so much in that raving moment. Uh, we're coming for your locker room. I, uh, was it Alondra? I want your locker. Yep. Yeah, get no, your it shoes. was more like it's more like you guys get the fuck out of my locker room. <laughs> and I tell you, I tell you what, David, David, I was I was on the floor crying. I was laughing so hard. Okay, just so you know. Oh. Well, I'm glad uh, I left is, you with the... there. There's there's two big memories in my life, and that's one of them, man. I'm telling you, it's oh, pretty. It was oh, pretty wow. cool. It was you know, pretty cool. Think about, thank you. But think about this: we, I never had beaten Calgary ever in my entire uh-huh. career, and then we come in with that team that we were like barely knew anybody because we were rolling guys in and out, and then we we go on the winning streak. And then we go there and beat them there. Uh-huh. I mean, it was like playing uh-huh. 14 minutes. You count the zebras. Then we had fans from like from BC that followed us from Edmonton. Now mm-hmm. we're in Calgary. I mean, we had the freak nation there, and we beat them in Calgary because Verado said, "Pack your bags for the Grey Cup. We're not coming back." That's what he told us, Chris. He said, "Pack your bags." We're not coming back. Don't talk about it. Just pack them. And we did. We packed our bags, and we weren't going back. So to win there, oh, my God, it was like the emotion was just out. And, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you can remember that. Get the fuck out of our locker room. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Okay. Yeah. okay. Anyways. Thanks, Thanks very much, guys. brother. Uh, this is David Benefield, yes, our, our, our dear friend and football fan. Okay, you take care, brother. Appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot. Okay, good night. Okay, gentlemen, where do you want to go? Chris Matthews has been cut by the Bombers. Do we expect him to reemerge?
somewhere else? Is he like tainted goods right now, coming off an injury? Uh, what's what's going on with him? Silence. I got everybody quiet over here. Come on. <laughs> no, too much, we're, too, we're, much we're, we're too much we're money. Too much well, money. Too much money, not enough production. There, there's no money. Okay? There's no money. He has no contract right now. So it's whatever yeah, no, you will now. give him, will he accept? No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that's why they got rid of him. He was making too much money. Oh, we and know he why also... he got... 100%. Sorry, go ahead. You're 100% right. He was making too much money, little production, and they cut him. Three-year deal. And they signed him to a three-year contract. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's over. So there's no money on the table right now. Chris Matthews is a free agent with no contract. Is he going to emerge somewhere else in CFL this year for X amount of dollars? It could be 20 grand. It could be whatever, right? There's some team well, going to pick him up. Could use them. Who needs them? BC needs them. Yeah, but they're not going to the playoffs. He won't sign with them for little money. I, I understand that. I understand that. Nobody in the East is going to take him. Who needs a receiver? Saskatchewan he... might take him. Yeah. Maybe. Can he step up his game for the rest of the season? So he got something to he's prove right little, now. The big thing for him is he's got to stay healthy because that was one of his biggest issues in Winnipeg is the guy couldn't stay healthy. If he could stay healthy, he could certainly help someone. <laughs> I mean, he helped Calgary big time last year. If he's not, If he's not with Calgary, they don't win the Grey Cup. Yeah. Well, I think that's right. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So, but I don't well, that, know if Calgary happened, would spend. So. Yeah, I don't know if they spend money on him though. But how much money do you have to spend? You're going to get this well, guy at a discount. You get him at a yeah, discount. But he's got, he gonna, he's going to sit at home for the rest of the season. But is he going to play for a discount? Okay, if he was. That's the key. If he was smart. If he was smart with his money when he was in the NFL, he doesn't need to go anywhere. Right? Just saying. What do you mean? How long was he in the NFL? Four years. Okay. Just saying. If he's a baller, he doesn't want to sit at home and watch the season go by. He's going to come and play. He's going to come and play for money. Is he going to play for little money? Maybe if he, if if he's taking care of his money from the NFL, as you just at the question you just asked, he could work for free for a year. <clears throat> Would he? Yes, that's but the question, right? That's an ego well, thing. That's the question. You know, okay, looking for a contract to, for next year. You know, if you go back to a guy like. Uh, Dan Federkyle, who played in Calgary for four years after his NFL career, he would have played for the Stampeders for nothing because he wanted to play football, and apparently he had so much money it didn't matter. But he was just one of those guys 
who had to play football. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, look at Chad Johnson over in Montreal, right? I mean, he right. treat it like a serious football game, but <clears throat> um, I mean, he had money falling out of his pocket. Probably. I mean, he he probably has enough money on his nightstand to buy a team. Probably. Um, okay. So. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. Or he's depends blown on, it all. It depends and on that, how many. Like depends on how many gold chains he wore. Did or I how many ex-wives he has, shit. like Terrell Owens. That's true. Right. Or what kind of a, a band of people he had following him. You know what I mean? So who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I mean, if Chris Matthews wants to play, he's going to have to play for somebody at a discounted price. And I, I'm thinking of the teams that could get to the Grey Cup. And, you know, I, I thought he was a good fit in Winnipeg, but I guess not. Well, he probably is a good fit in Winnipeg, just not at that price tag. You know, if it, no. they turned around and, and sat down at the bargaining table right now and Winnipeg brought them back for $80,000 for the rest of the season or something like that, would they do it? You know? Right. Is he worth it at that the amount, right? I mean, the big question, I mean, Charles came out with this this today was they the BC Lions should dump Deron Carter because he's done dick this year and <coughs> sign Chris Matthews. And I, my question is, is, well, you know, Jerron Carter, we probably got him at a huge discount to start with, right? So you're not really saving yep. a lot of cap room by ditching him. Because this is his last kick at the cat. There's no no other team out there is going to take him. He he's he's been yeah. there, done that. Yeah. Right. Okay, maybe Jim Pop or or over in Montreal, but that's about it. Jerron mm. Carter's salary is listed at ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, ninety thousand dollars. We got him at a discount. Yep. I mean, yes, a veteran, veterans' uh, minimum wage for a veteran is eighty-two. I think, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. If I might weigh, weigh in for a second, uh, there, was, there was three teams that came to mind when this question came up to me, and uh, the first one was the Riders. But in thinking of it. I actually strongly think that that'd be the lowest chance that he'd end up there, uh, barring some sort of injury to the present starters. Uh, they've started to use Manny Arsenal some more, and uh, lots of talk about how Manny is the leader on offense in the locker room. So uh, I don't think they want to mess with that. Yep. And uh, another one that came to mind was the Calgary Stampeders. Um, because of the success that they had last year with him going to the Grey Cup, and because, you know, they could probably use a little help on offense right now, and just in general. You know, I don't, I don't know how they are as far as the depth chart and, and injuries for receiver. And, of course, I thought about the BC Lions, and exactly what you guys mentioned, uh, or somebody mentioned, that I, I could have seen Ron Carter being cut to make room for Chris Matthews, and I could see that happening right now, and and uh, it wouldn't be surprising at all if we. Well, this is Wednesday. Ball. It has to happen before Friday, yeah. unless unless Carter is traded. Does it? 
Friday's the guarantee date, isn't it? Yeah, I believe that's what I read, is that it's Friday. Friday at noon so Eastern they got time. Two days. Is, yeah. So we'll see if something happens in two days. Now, if it, we get past the two-day mark, if we get past the Labor Day weekend, Chris Matthews' stock drops drastically. Yes. Because he'll have a tough time affording them at that yes. point. Yeah. To squeak him under the salary cap, it's not going to be a lot of money. And like Phil said earlier, unless, you know, barring injury, where you can put the guy on the sixth game and his salary doesn't count, and then you can bring him in. But, you know, what do you do? Okay. Anything else on Chris Matthews? We're going to move on to Randy Ambrosi. Why? Because Charles put it on the list. Oh, okay. Sorry, Charles. Well, got to find something. Did we just lose Charles? He he, he died so mid-sentence. Did, yeah, he's in the background now or something. Charles, you still there? We can't hear you. Sorry. You're, uh, for some there reason, you go. my head says giving me issues. Okay. You, you just died on us, anyhow. Okay, so yeah, Randy Ambrosi says he is negotiating with multiple groups regarding the sale of the Alouettes. Are we getting any closer to a resolution? I we 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 don't care what's going on in the background until they announce a a, a buyer for the team, and then we can get excited. On a football teams means Dick Squat to us, to fans, to even the Montreal Alouette fans. Who cares who's kicking the tires, right? And I'm pleased that there's somebody that's interested, but until there's, you know, that they write a check, it doesn't really matter to me. Phil, what's your thoughts there? I got that Phil. I got Randy and Rosie at... uh... With a record of one and three since coming on as commissioner. Well, um, that's a, I think you're, you're overestimating his ability. He did give us a CBA, and uh, you know. We, well, that's we, not fucking uh, hard. In fact, if you if you really want, to, he was in Europe when that happened. True, we but we did manage to get into the season without a strike, so I'm going to give him one win. And then I'm going to give him three big losses. I'm going to give him probably his biggest loss is the way the Montreal Alouette situation has been handled or the fact that here we are this far into it and it hasn't been handled. That's a loss. I'm going to uh, give him a, a, a lack of success so far uh, with Atlantic Canada and the Schooners and touchdown Atlantic, if I can just group all those together as another loss. I think there's actually two losses in there, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it could be fair to touchdown say. Touchdown Atlantic and, and, and the Schooners are two separate, and both were failures. And and the other one I'm going to give him a loss on is, is a big one, too. And, and it might not be fair to give him a loss, but – 
but I don't think he's got momentum going on the next television contract. And, uh, you know, it may, like I said, maybe not fair to give him a loss because we haven't got there yet. But um, I, I don't see anything tangible out of CFL 2.0 yet. And I don't see too much tangible about uh, success with ESPN in the U.S. Um, and, of course, with TSN, with numbers being down, uh, and at least I think they are, they were through the month of July. Um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I don't think he's been all that su- successful as of yet as a, as a CFL commissioner. Yeah, I don't see it happening. Uh, he's got marginal success with CFL 2.0. I, I, it, it, marginal success, marginal success, but I like mm-hmm. the, the initiative. I, I like the thinking outside of the box. Okay, that's the only thing I'm going to give him credit for that. Whether it's a complete and utter failure, he still tried something that no one else has. Okay, so yeah, uh, I'll give fair. him credit for that. But everything else with this guy is just, oh, my God, what the fuck are we doing with him? So, yeah, no. Uh, William, you, were, you wanted to get into on this one. You wanted to say I, something. I, about have only, I have only one question. For who? The groups he's talking for him. The groups he's talking to about purchasing the owls, are they from Germany or are they from Mexico? <laughs> You're an evil man. I am indeed. Yeah, you're an evil man. And do they actually have any money? That's also important. I would you say so. You think that's important? Yeah. Yeah. But you never know. I mean, Randy Ambrosi does come the from does come from the financial world, so maybe he's got some big fish out there that he's talking to. You never know. It's possible. And that would be a feather in his cap if he did, but let's see it instead of hearing about it. I mean, it's good to hear about all these groups. Let's see one of them write a check to you. Indeed. I could be talking to groups. doesn't mean anything. You could I'm be a group. group. I could be a group. He can talk to me. I don't have the finance. I don't think yeah, I got what he wants, but what the hell? Yeah. Sell it to me for a dollar. We'll talk. Why? You're about to lose well, I $4 know. Million. You know what, point. Charles? And, and I know who your mascot would be. It would be, uh, it would be uh, Russ. Who, Ralph the dog? No, I said Russ. Oh, Russ. Russ Gordon. Russ Gordon. He's bigger than Ralph the dog. (laughs) Okay. So we don't like what Randy Ambrosi is doing. We don't really care what's going on with the Montreal Alouettes. And, uh, okay, we're just going to move on. Um, 
on the heels of Touchdown Atlantic failure. I mean, the Schooners group are expected to pitch their stadium plan to Halifax City Council this week. Is this the make or break period? Well, on the heels of the Touchdown Atlantic, I, I see that as a complete and utter failure. Why would you be – I wouldn't be jumping at the bit to go talk to Halifax City Council right now. I'd be trying to spin this some other way and uh, and anything else. I don't know. Is this the best time to go talk to uh, the City Council after this game had a the pitiful turnout that it did? Well, I don't know. Was it really the failure, though? I mean, I know they didn't have a huge crowd, but they had not, all, most of the stadium full. I mean, the stadium didn't hold a lot. stadium held 11,000, and they were close to 11,000. It should have been capacity seating with guys hanging out on the sidewalk. It should have been sold out in minutes, okay? If there was that much enthusiasm in the Maritimes for a CFL team, they should have shown their support for this. Hell, they should be buying season's tickets for the Schooners for 50 bucks, And it's refundable. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't put $50 season tickets right now? That's where I have a bigger issue. I agree with that. Okay. So, I, you know, I is this really the time in which that we should be going to talk to city council about a stadium? Probably not. Is it make it or break it time? Well, it's about time somebody did something. Shit or get off the pot with this. You know, I'm tired of listening to it drag on and on and on and on about whether or not they're going to get it. You know, there's too many people out there that actually think this is going to happen. And I feel bad for them. Anyhow, okay. Bill, what's your thoughts? Down Atlantic. Ooh, awesome. Well, Let's I go that, talk to city council now. I was very disappointed with the uh, marketing that was done for Touchdown Atlantic. But then what I marketing? See, I, was there any? Exactly. Exactly. Both by the league and, and the Schooners group. Uh, I was a little disappointed with that. However, I was heartened when I seen the interview with Mr. LeBlanc, one of the three billionaires that is pitching the, uh, the team to the city of Halifax, and I was very impressed. Um, they have certainly cannot be uh, – it cannot be said that they have not put the effort into developing a plan that they're going to uh, pitch to the city. And virtually the way I see – these are, these are smart businessmen – and this plan that they pitched to the city, they know it's going to work. They know city council is going to take this. Um, this For the first time, I, I feel confident that the Halifax Schooners are going to get a team after mis- listening to that interview with uh, Mr. LeBlanc. Uh, it was, I believe it was done at the, uh, at the, uh, the golf club before or after the game uh, at an event that uh, Rod Patterson hosted, actually, down there. And uh, so I, I think it's going to get going, and uh, it's going to be a no-brainer for the city, and it's going to happen. Hmm. And and it's the best news I 
heard all week. Wow. That's all I got. Personally, you're a lot more optimistic than I am. Nor wow. do I trust Anthony LeBlanc. Is this the guy that owned the Phoenix Coyotes? Yes, and this is why I don't trust him. Because he said all the same great things when he was going to buy the Coyotes, and he split after about three years when times got tough. What's to say he's not going to do the same thing in Halifax? This is why I'm very weary of this guy. He's got two partners that have as deep the pockets as he does. We're both called billionaires. So um, I... I think the the money isn't going to be you know near the near the cost to him in this situation. So I think uh, I think we we don't have to fear Anthony LeBlanc in Halifax. Okay. I wow. Let's let's let's. I like this next segment because, like, what the hell? We we're having fun with it. U.S. women's soccer team player Carly Lloyd says she has aspirations of playing in the NFL. Could a female pro football professional either north or south of the border? Could a female play pro football either north or south of the border? I was that Charles? Read the article. Oh, okay. Well, that wasn't me. I didn't read the article. What does she want to play? Kicker. I don't know. She She's a. She won, no, she wants to play kicker. She's an Olympic soccer player. Okay, okay. That just that just <laughs> that just rests my case on kickers. Okay, <laughs> I have nothing else to say. They, there's Fair an enough. NFL team. There's an NFL team that actually wants to give her a shot. And okay, so if there's an NFL team that's willing to give her a shot, would a CFL team give her a shot? Do you think that there's a CFL team out there that needs that could or take a female kicker? Is this just to get this just to get news and headlines, or do you think that actually she could do it? I'm looking at her. There's not a hope in hell. There's not a hope in hell. She would get killed in our league. And she's 38 years old. Well, that with right the NFL there is a problem. She's what? She's 38? I think that's what it is. I'm going to look. Are you kidding me? <laughs> She's uh, she's 37. So she, it, yeah. Well, male kickers. Go on, sorry. Go on, Phil. You've been trying a couple times. The NFL is taking uh, kickoffs out of its game and trying to elim- eliminate them completely, uh, and eventually will. The uh, there's no returns on uh, on missed field goals. In the NFL, and uh, or do they have now? I don't think they do. They still don't. They don't believe so. No. Yeah, and uh, but in the Canadian Football League, especially with the changes in rules and converts and and uh, and returns on 
field goal, um, I don't think it's going to work out here. And, and we've still got a, a big – the kickoff is still a big part of the CFL game as well. And uh, so we certainly need uh, top-end tackling kickers, although we certainly don't seem to have any. That's all I got on that. Okay, so 25-yard field goal the other day uh, at the tryouts with the Philadelphia Eagles. 55? 55-yard. And you got to note that they're a lot different in practice. It really is. Oh, it's hundred percent, hundred percent. I think this is more a publicity thing than anything else. I, I like the concept. I just don't. I don't see it happening. This is the not the. I I, I think. We'll, We'll see a female in the NHL before we'll see one in the NFL. They already tried that once, if you remember back in the 90s. Yes. Manon Rayom, who signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, the goalie. That didn't work all that well. Yeah, well, so be it. I just said I think it will happen sooner than it will in the in hockey than it will here. I just don't think it's going to happen. Probably okay. not. Okay, so uh, we, let's just jump back up just for a second into the – because we didn't really talk about this. We let uh, Dave David talk about it and then uh, walk by it. Uh, what do you guys think of the uh, Matt Dunnigan and Glenn Suter saying that the BC Lions O-line has packed it in and uh, don't really give a shit about the season anymore? And they're not there protecting Mike Riley. Do you see that? Do you think this is because the, his salary that, you know, we just, okay, he's he's taking so much money away from the rest of us, we're just not going to support him. Any thoughts I don't on know this? If that's the re- I don't know if that's the reason, but there do seem guys that seem to be on cruise control right now and don't really seem to care all that much. Release date is Friday. I would clean house. Where can you find some new guys? When are NFL cuts? Why aren't we being that stuff? This this weekend. End of the month. This weekend. I I would be bringing up some some guys in a hell of a hurry. Ship these guys out and bring in new guys. It can't get any worse. They're already giving up seven sacks a game. Well, and I yeah. and I don't know if they, I don't know if they quit if they're quitting now. I think they've quit since the beginning of the year. Cause their you don't think they never showed been, up? Uh, they have been horrible, horrible. And you know what? Maybe they're quitting more now because I'm thinking Mike Riley is probably barking in their fucking ears because he doesn't want to get he brain damage. Okay, <laughs> like wow. Okay, we're uh, we're under ninety seconds. We're under a minute here. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number three hundred and ninety-one. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, with special guest uh, David Benefield tonight. Uh, you guys get to say good night, Charles. Go for it. 
But good night, folks. Enjoy the Labor Day games this week, and I guess we'll be talking to you on Monday. Yeah, it's going to be Monday Monday night, I guess. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Phil. Enjoy the football on Labor Day weekend, everybody. Boycott average. Okay. Three games this weekend. Enjoy. Williams, say good night. Enjoy, enjoy the football this weekend, guys, and go Stamps. Go Stamps, yeah. Well, the Owls aren't playing. Uh, yeah, just uh, enjoy the long weekend, everybody. Be safe. Uh, take care of the family. And if you get a chance, watch some football. Talk to you later, man.